Hi, I'm Gary Oldman, actor. Some of you may know me from such films as uh, Dracula, Air Force One, and Kung Fu Panda 2. Now, just as a professional basketball player spends hours on the court, mastering every aspect of his game, I, Gary Oldman, studied acting for many years to perfect my craft. And just as I, Gary Oldman, actor, would never try and join an NBA team just because I'm famous, I, Gary Oldman, would very much appreciate it if professional basketball players would stay the out of movies! Who the hell told you you could act but the director on your Powerade commercial? You're not actors! Some of you can't even speak English! You suck! Get it? You suck! Oh, you see how I did that? That's called acting. Do you feel the emotion? <laughs> I can do that. You can. Radio Drone. It's another Thursday night. I am Josh Hadley. I am not an actor, but I pretend to be one. So does that make me act like I'm an actor? I don't know. Cecil, chime in. Uh, acting. All right. He's seen Saturday Night Live. Peter, what about you? I have come here to chew ass and kick bubblegum. Okay. For that, Adam and Eve. <laughs> if you go to adamandeve.com and you use the promo code DROME, uh, you can get yourself some uh, some free stuff, some perks. You can get a mystery gift. You can get a gift for him, a gift for her. Uh, six free DVDs, and as I mentioned earlier, free shipping. That's only only to the U.S. by using the promo code DROME on adamandeve.com. Exactly. We're going to be talking about non-actors tonight in movies. Now, when I say non-actors, obviously if they're in a movie, they're acting to a degree. By non-actors, what I mean is people who are not known as actors, who whose primary profession is not actors, like people who are a musician that maybe then made a movie, or a wrestler, or a politician, or some such. So when I say non-actors, that's what I mean. I'm not meaning it as an insult. I'm meaning it as these people were not actors by trade. And the mm -hmm. reason we want to talk about this, Peter pitched this episode a while ago, and it just has been on the back burner. With the, with the relatively young death of Roderick George Toombs, a.k.a. Rowdy Roddy Piper, I think this is as good of a time as any to to touch on on Peter's idea. Peter, why, why did you want to talk about non-actors, even though we backdoored it a little bit? Because I think it's it's an interesting topic where you have people that aren't classically trained actors that have a natural charisma, like you've got wrestlers like Roddy Piper who transitioned very well to the big screen. You've got Arnold Schwarzenegger who was primarily a bodybuilder who managed to transition onto the big screen and not so much using acting talent but using a like I said a, a natural charisma, something that something magnetic about him on screen that that just seems to work and I think it's uh there's a, and there's a lot of of people that 
were that ended up in movies that were that were different things. Like uh, we were we just mentioned Kareem Abdul Jabbar, uh, the basketball player. Uh, Actually, got, that was in pre-show, so they didn't hear that. Well, they didn't. Yeah, we were like I said, we were just talking about it. You got also other wrestlers like like Jesse Ventura, and it's still going nowadays. With and and you can. It's, it's questionable whether he's actually entertaining as an actor or not, but you got guys like John Cena in movie, a lot of wrestlers uh, that become actors, but you've also got from other professions, of course, with Schwarzenegger, like bodybuilders, you got basketball players, uh, all sorts of uh, walks of life that either really work well on the screen and, and some are just hilariously bad. And I, I think it's uh, just a fun topic. Well, basketball players, Gary Oldman has a little bit to say about that, but do you usually get, a little apprehensive when you hear like maybe an action movie is starring a wrestler or starring a musician. Who the hell would have ever thought Ice T would have been that damn good in New Jack City? <laughs> Seriously, uh, I, he's kind of the exception to the rule because for the most part, the vast majority of hip hop guys that get into movies are horrible. Yeah. I, I, I like Ice T is the exception of the rule. But whenever I'm watching a movie like and Ludacris shows up or something, I'm like, oh, Christ, like this is just going to be awful. And, Except, and, OK, th there's one exception when it comes to the rap guys. And this is going to sound racist and I don't mean it to. Whenever they're on like a Law and Order or Oz or something, they're almost always playing gang members. And I buy it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know if that's racist or not. A lot of them in television shows, they play gang members or they play rappers because, you know, that's a big stretch. Uh, but a lot of times in movies, I see them and they more often than not will play cops or they'll play like a gangster. But really, they're an undercover cop. And it's <laughs> just like, oh, Christ, you know, uh, so but if there's an what, action. Wasn't it, wasn't, it, wasn't it DMX that was with Seagal in Exit Wounds? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that was DMX. Yes, it was DMX. DMX just yelling his way through everything. <laughs> and then and then they followed it up. Uh, what was... Oh, the other rapper. The, the guy that mumbles through everything. Hold on one second. Let me just... We're very knowledgeable. <laughs> I'm borderline We're all retarded. white. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, here we go. Half-Past Dead. Ja Rule. Ah, oh, oh, yes, from Half-Ass Dead. He did Half-Ass Dead with Ja Rule, and every scene Ja Rule was in, he had to do the, like, he's he's looking down, and he's kind of looking up, and he's like, hey, we're going to be living it up. And it's like, oh, stop it. <laughs> well, like, but uh, but when an action, but on the flip side, honestly, when there's an action movie and there's like a sports guy in it or something, usually the majority of the time, I like it. You know, I mean, I I thought the the Marine was not a good movie, but I thought that John Cena was at least trying in it. I freaking love Stone Cold with Brian Bosworth. Uh, yeah. I love the majority of the Roddy Piper stuff. I so it's like sports guys. Like The Rock has been in a lot of like The Rock's like a legitimately good actor now. Oh, you hell know? yeah! The Rock is his two and a half minutes in Reno 911, the movie, is oh, the God. only watchable scene in that whole train wreck. <laughs> that is so fucking he funny. He stole that movie in two minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
But oh, you, you know, yeah. you've got like like Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm gonna not count the wrestling stuff like WrestleMania or appearing on a TV show as Rowdy Roddy Piper, like he did on like um, uh, Silver Spoons and stuff like that. I'm not gonna count those because he's playing himself. Mm-hmm. But like Rowdy Roddy Piper, there's the unaired TV pilot Body Slam, which nobody saw because it never aired. I think a I lot of people- it. I reviewed that. I have a video of that. It didn't air in 1986, I meant. That didn't leak out till later. A lot of people think his first movie was Hell Comes to Frogtown. And it's like, well, there's also the two-hour pilot to the Sam Jones, Glenn Larson TV series, The Highwayman, which was Mm -hmm. his first real acting role. Now, first of all, Mm -hmm. I want to talk about The Highwayman a little bit. The two-hour TV movie pilot, look at this cast. Sam Jones. Claudia Christian, G. Gordon Liddy, Michael Berryman, Basha Crombie Richmond, Jimmy Smits, Lyle Alzado, Wings Hauser, and fucking Rowdy Roddy Piper. That is awesome. I love Claudia Christian. This show lasted eight episodes and was gone. Wow. <laughs> and and then, of course, you know, he went on to Hell Comes to Frogtown, and then, of course, They Live, which is really what cemented him. He had... I think it was Cecil that used the word a natural charisma to him. He always felt okay. It was Peter that said it. I'm sorry. Roddy Roddy Piper had, he did have this kind of every man charisma. Whereas then you get this, the stiff people like, you know what? I think Jesse Ventura is awesome, but he was stiff as hell in predator. He was stiff as hell in like a Braxis and that he looked uncomfortable in front of the camera at times. He still works though. He has a weird sort of, um, like, uh, there's an idiosyncrasy to him that just kind of works. Like, even, like, just his his weird camera presence kind of worked for Abraxas because it was kind of a weird character that had this, like, stilted way of speaking. He was still better than Sven Oli Thorson in that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the golden... Uh... But then you, you also have other walks of life as well that, that leach into movies. Like, political figures. I mentioned G. Gordon Liddy there in The Highwayman. G. Gordon Liddy has also been villains on Airwolf, Miami Vice, The Adventures of Bean Baxter, MacGyver, Superforce, Midnight Caller, 18 Wheels of Justice, and those are only the ones where he's playing a fictional character. He's also on shows like Late Line and whatnot where he plays G. Gordon Liddy. Oh, wow. You know, you've, you've, got, you've got lots of political figures that play themselves or versions of themselves in a lot of things as well, which I think is a little more dangerous. I worked on that movie with Eric Roberts, Project Solitude. Well, that was shot in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Green Bay's mayor, Jim Schmidt, is in the movie (laughs) as a convicted three-time murderer. Oh, shit. You just kind of go, well, (laughs) did you choose that role, Mayor Schmidt, or was that just the cameo that you were offered? I don't know. (laughs) So do you think like when a political figure is in a fictional piece, obviously after they're a political figure, because we have lots of examples of people that later on go to like Jesse Ventura and that to become political figures. But do you think like like John Kerry appearing on Late Line and whatnot as as himself is really a wise move when they do that kind of thing? I don't know. I mean, because it, it, some sometimes it kind of humanizes them a little bit. You're like, all right, well, because most people don't really know a lot of the politicians outside of like their their constant just bs and sometimes if you see them in a movie where they're playing themselves or something or or maybe poking fun at themselves a little bit then it's kind of uh it's kind of interesting but uh i would say although most times it's probably better to just not it it can be 
like like Cecil was saying, sometimes it can really humanize them, where it's like they they seem very stuck up uh, when you see them in uh, in interviews and in press conferences and stuff like that. Especially and they if them- they're willing to make fun of themselves. Yeah, and then you see, yeah, you see them in a movie or or a TV spot or something where they're kind of they're kind of kicking themselves a bit and doing a little bit of uh, self-deprecating humor or being a bit silly, and then you realize that there's there's actually a human uh, behind that suit. So it's kind of nice to see that, but sometimes it can be it can be very tryhardy, and they they just kind of come across as as cringy. Like like uh, now Donald Trump is is going into politics, and just in general, every time that guy opens his mouth, like oh fucking Christ, you just get like a you get a chill because it just the whatever he's going to say is going to be the stupidest shit ever. But then you you also have like uh, musicians. We mentioned rappers, but you get a lot of musicians that are in movies and TV. Like, for one thing, Miami Vice, probably due to the fact that it had such a close association with music to begin with, had so many rock stars appear on the show. I remember Ted Nugent was an assassin in an episode. Phil Collins played two different characters. James Brown was literally an alien on Miami Vice. Glenn Frey really acting his ass off, too, in Smuggler's Blues. And you had a bunch of other cameos. I mean, hell, just sometimes the band as themselves. I know, Peter, you're a big Miami Vice fan. Remember the episode where Suicidal Tendencies played Institutionalized? In a bar scene with Crockett and Tubbs? Do you remember that? <laughs> it's just one of the many reasons why Miami Vice is one of the greatest shows ever. You, you get the musicians that come in. They usually, I don't know, they're usually not that bad. And sometimes they, they have a cameo that's essentially themselves. Have either of you guys seen Tommy Chong's 1990 movie, Far Out Man? I have not. Is that the one with, with Dennis Hopper? Or no, oh. no, no, that's, no, with Kiefer Sutherland. No. Right? No? no, you're thinking of Flashback. Oh, okay. No, Far yeah, Out they Man. came out right about the same time. The entire opening is Ray Don Chong taking Martin Mull to Tommy to Tommy Chong's house, and he's an old uh, musician. He's an old burned-out hippie musician. And there's just all this heavy metal playing. Their, their characters are yelling over one another, and he goes, Hang on, let me turn the stereo down. Guys, shut up! And it's Dokken, the band, playing in his living room. (laughs) (laughs) And, like, that kind of cameo is hilarious. And they don't really have to act, you know? Well, some of them have been really genuinely great on screen. Like, uh, Tom Waits in in Down by Law is is fantastic. And then, of course, you've got the ones that are kind of... They're admittedly so bad that they end up being amazing, like like really anything Henry Rollins is in. I, I think musicians. See, I think like... no. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you because I'm gonna argue with you. Henry Rollins, I think, is really good in some parts. He constantly is self-deprecating about how bad of an actor he really is. You look at him in like Morgan's Ferry. He steals Johnny Mnemonic for he the does. 20 minutes he's in it. He's great uh, in the chase. The, yeah. in, in the chase, he's great. I mean, Henry Rollins is a much much better actor than I think he gives himself credit for. Yeah, so I'll argue I, with the Henry Rollins thing. Well, I think he, I, I do agree that he, um, he's very hard on himself because I, I was going to say that he has a very, much like how guys like Roddy Piper and Arnold, and Arnold Schwarzenegger do, he has a very natural charisma about him and it's almost like he doesn't really have to act. He just has to sort of be himself, I guess. And it just Oh no. Looks... In, yeah. And Johnny mnemonic spider was Henry Rollins in the cyberpunk future. Yep. <laughs> I mean, he really was. 
Yeah, he's uh, he's awesome, and just it's it's the same thing, I guess. Where if you have to perform, sometimes that can your your charisma will come from that. So uh, certain athletes will be like that, like Brian Bosworth. And Lyle Elzado had a very natural charisma to them, and they were very watchable. Arnold Schwarzenegger was a bodybuilder, but he just had this awesome personality. Same with guys like like Roddy Piper or musicians like Tom Waits and and Henry Rollins, who just have this. They have a cool factor, and it can really work uh, when it comes to performing and on the screen and in front of the camera. Well, the same thing with like when we did that whole episode on Terminal City Ricochet. Jello mm. Biafra was fantastic in Terminal City Ricochet, wasn't he? Yeah. As a villain to boot. <laughs> As a corporate villain. Well, the majority of the ones that I see are like Jeff Healy in like Roadhouse, where they're kind he wasn't of just... bad in that, really. Well, no, he wasn't bad, but he was just kind of playing Jeff Healy. Like he, like he, he. I mean, granted, I know he's he's blind and all, he didn't, so he couldn't really do a whole lot. Uh, I mean, you know, he wasn't going to get out there and start kicking ass. He was, you know, if Tarantino was, made it, he would. Yeah, that is very possible. But I mean, he was good, uh, you know, in that. But uh, a lot of times I just think of musicians usually, with the exception of like Rollins, musicians usually show up in like a cameo, like Huey Lewis in uh, Back to the Future, which I thought was awesome. He gets up there and he's playing uh, Power of Love and he basically tells him he's too loud. You know, it's like, all right. Have you, OK, you guys, of all people, have probably seen the Italian Alice Cooper monster flick Monster Dog. <laughs> Not for a while, but uh, yeah. Alice mm-hmm. Cooper is terrible in that. <laughs> <laughs> and he's the only reason I rented it. Like Alice Cooper in a monster movie. Yeah. Well, this sucks. <laughs> Uh, I like Tom Petty in The Postman. <laughs> all right. So, okay, you're finished. Peter? <laughs> <That's all laughs> I um, well, well, Chris Christopherson is another example of uh, a musician working really well as an actor. Like, he has a very badass vibe to him, uh, especially in, in Blade and, and movies like that. And uh, Payback and, of course, the stuff that he's done, you know, in the, in the 70s and the 80s. Uh, so some of them really do. They just have this natural coolness about him that that translates so well onto the screen. I don't know. I don't know if it's a natural thing or if it's developed from just being able to perform in in front of large uh, audiences of people. So this uh, just larger than life uh, personality develops, and they can they can kind of do a little bit of everything. Well, sometimes I do think that comes from the performing, and sometimes it comes from a I don't give a f- attitude. Yeah. Especially if the part calls for it. Like, have you guys seen the 1984 Italian flick, Corrupt, also known as Bad Lieutenant 2, Bad Cop, Corrupt Cop, and whatnot, with uh, <laughs> Harvey, Harvey Keitel and John Lydon of the Sex Pistols? I have not, but it's uh, it's on my list. Nope. Wow. Okay, I figured you guys might have. John Lydon plays a serial killer in that. And, of course, Harvey Keitel is a corrupt police officer, because what the hell else does Harvey Keitel ever play? John Lydon is a serial killer on that who may not actually be a serial killer, and he is absolutely chilling in this. I mean, he steals this movie from Harvey Keitel. Wow. <laughs> and it's like, holy crap. And it's this movie that is like, it, it, it's so obscure. You guys haven't seen it, and you guys are trash film aficionados. Nobody <laughs> knows this movie. It's almost impossible even to find background on this movie. Seriously, yeah. you can't find any background on this movie at all. It's like this movie just existed, and that's <laughs> it. The performance that Lydon gives is this sort of, I don't care what my performance is, and yet it totally fits the character he's playing. So I don't know if he's actually acting really well 
or acting so badly it benefits the film. And I think that's good when you can't tell. There's one other big aspect. Now, I'm going to get some crap from people over this, and I don't mean to, but it's a different kind of acting. Porno actors, porn actors and actresses, when they go from porn, yes, that is acting, into what we would consider mainstream films, there's a very large transition of those who, let's face it, can't act. For every Ashlyn Gear, for every Ginger Lynn Allen, you get a Tracy Lords. You, you, you get a you get a lot of these really terrible, terrible porn actors that do not know how to deliver a line of dialogue and have no screen performance. That's fine. I mean, it's uh, it's become a lot more acceptable nowadays, uh, where you have uh, porn actresses that are going from you know porn into movies that normally they they wouldn't be doing. So back in like when when you had Ginger Lynn, uh, you know, going from porn and going into uh, you know movies and stuff, it was it was such a weird thing. And now you have somebody like Sasha Gray who just does it like you know like it's nothing. And she's been in a couple of fairly larger profile movies. That wasn't she in one of the Piranha movies, the first one, or was it the second one? I know there was some kind of porn star in Piranha, but I can't remember if it was her. Yeah, I don't remember yeah, if it was I don't Sasha think... Gray or not, but... No, it wasn't Sasha Gray. It was some other porn star that was in it. Uh, she was in that, uh, uh, the... the uh, man, my brain is not on it tonight. She's been in a couple of movies that were surprisingly... Like The Girlfriend Experience. She was in that. She was in um, that movie with Frodo. That was actually pretty decent. Porn actresses... In general, getting to oh oh oh, that's what I wanted to say. I don't think Tracy Lords is all that bad. Tracy <laughs> Lords is horrendous. I know, I know you don't like her, but no, I mean, I'm I'm I'm, not, I'm putting my my dislike of her personally aside. She I, is a terrible actress, dude. I liked in like Not of This Earth and Shock 'Em Dead and like I mean she's been in like some cornball like low budget movies, but I've always thought that she did it. You know, she did a good you know, job for what the movie required. I mean, you know, she's not going to win any Oscars, but I, I've seen far, far worse from actors and actresses that are actually, like, legitimately actors. You know, they she's didn't She's as come bad up as from... Sam Worthington and Jai Courtney. <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. No, she's got more chemistry uh, than... Uh, Sam Worthington is just... He is really bland. I mean, but even him, I've seen him in a couple... I've seen movies where the movie was good, and he, like, they really did their best to make him as good as he could be. <laughs> That's one of the things I'm worried about Suicide Squad, the fact that Jai Courtney's one of the main characters. Mm-hmm. Jai Courtney's... How is that guy... That that guy's agent has to be the greatest agent ever. That I, guy, I said the same thing about Sam Worthington. This yeah. guy has not acted in eight films. I mean, and I mean, he's been in eight They're, films. And he hasn't acted in a single movies. one, and yet he's an A-list movie star for some reason. <laughs> yeah, and these aren't like small budget films. These are massive, monumental franchises. Terrible in almost everything that I've seen him in and annoying. Um, you know, but I, I think Tracy Lords is just horrendous. I, I think she is terrible. <laughs> She's a terrible, terrible actress. But then you look at like Ginger Lynn Allen. Have either of you guys seen her first mainstream film, Hollywood Boulevard 2, the Roger Corman movie? No. No, I've seen a lot. Not not of this earth. Or wait, we know we're going on. The not of this earth is Tracy Lords. I'm talking Ginger not Lynn. Of, yeah, I know. I, I transitioned there for a second. And I like not of this earth. But um, yeah, um, no. She's really, really good in that. 
and her, her big break. I can't remember if she. I can't remember. I think this was right after the first Vice Academy movie when she was on NYPD Blue. It was like the third episode. She was really early into NYPD Blue. She almost stole from Dennis Franz. She was wow. damn good on NYPD Blue. And then because of the fact that she hates Tracy Lords on a personal level, Tracy Lords was up for that same role. And I'm like, seeing Ginger Lynn's performance in that NYPD Blue and knowing that that was almost Tracy Lords, no way Tracy Lords would have sold that role half as much as Ginger Lynn did. <laughs> You've got Ashlyn Gear. Ashlyn Gear is the exception to all of the rules. Because see, usually, especially in porn, there is the general rule, you, you, you're, you do porn, then you move to mainstream. But mm. usually you do not get the mainstream roles while you're still doing porn. Ashlyn Gear was able to do that. She'd mm. be like on the X-Files and then leave the set from that and go do Cocksmokers 37. Then she'd go <laughs> do a Space Above and Beyond episode for Fox. Then she'd be on I Want to I wanna Butt Bang a Milf number 19. Then she would go and work on like The One and Final Destination. And then she'd go and do a porno. She's mm. one of the few that was able to balance both of those worlds simultaneously. Mm. She was a good actress. Yeah. It's like if you just saw her on Space Above and Beyond or the X-Files or whatnot, you'd never go, you mean she takes cock up the ass for her main living? <laughs> I think it can be uh, more more missed than hit. Usually just I guess because it's so hard for them to transition into it and be taken seriously. But some of them really do do go at it and, and go well and are well received. I'm I'm not a particularly big fan of, of Sasha Gray's acting, but I have seen her in stuff, and I think it is really cool that she was able to make that transition and become more of a uh, like like you know she didn't want to do porn anymore, she wanted to do other acting, and she was uh, a, a big part of Entourage for a while. She did uh, that girlfriend experience movie, and uh, then there's there's that James Dean dude who I think is still doing porn, but was actually really good in the Brett Easton Ellis uh, Canyons movie. And I, I, I honestly feel like he's, he would be, he would be better as uh, as like an actual actor than like, to me, he's like, come on, when, Peter, when you got a cock that big, you don't waste it, not showing it. He's honestly, I think he's, he's too good looking of a dude. Like he looks like a real actor and should be in real movies. Like, I feel like he's really being wasted in porn, but I mean, I guess he likes to do it. So that's his choice. But I would really like to see the guy in more movies because he was uh, easily easily the best part of the the canyons. But then you all the other angle is there's a weird stigma to hiring a porn to uh, hiring a porn actor or an actress. You don't get the weird stigma when Ted Nugent is on Miami Vice. You do have a weird stigma when Ginger Lynn Allen is on NYPD Blue. <laughs> she, no, she's talked about that. Like even when you come on set, the vibe is different because they know you came from that world. Legs McDaniel made a great documentary about porn that had the perfect title for this, The Secrets of the Other Hollywood. These are two different worlds, and they tend to not cross over as much as people would like to think that they do. What happens when, when a musician or a wrestler or somebody makes that transition, and they become more famous for their movies than for their music? Like, I would say, in all honesty, more people probably, I'm just talking, you know, your general person out there, probably knows Debbie Harry more as more as, for, as an actress than they do Blondie the band. 
I, yeah, I, I, I would argue that that Debbie Harry is more famous for Videodrome and all of the movies she's been in than she is for her songs. I could see that. Uh, I don't agree with that. For people who maybe don't listen to her music and were introduced to her through her movies, it would be kind of easy to go, oh, really? Wow, she's a musician? Because she's good. She's good at both of the things she does. And with, uh, I think a lot of people know Henry Rollins more as an actor than they do as a musician. Like uh, a lot of people I talk to are surprised that he does uh, spoken word and uh, was in Black Flag and has Rollins band and stuff. Because a lot of people nowadays, especially that I talk to at work, uh, know him as the white supremacist uh, from Sons of Anarchy. And I'm like, I'm like, oh, he was you... so brutal in that, too. Yeah. Damn. <laughs> Although like... his death was awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I, I talk to people and I'm like, oh, well, do you uh, do you listen to Black Flag or his spoken word? And, and, and they're like, he's a musician. I'm like, yeah, he's an awesome punk dude. You should check out his music. And it's like people are uh, happy to, to hear about that because they like him as an actor. So then they want to go and check out the music, too. And I think there are some where their presence on screen is so strong that people forget that they were musicians or or athletes or, or whatever, like. Brian Bosworth in, in movies, he, he had such an awesome presence as an action star. Uh, Chris Christopherson really transitioned into movies. Uh, so so it's, it can happen that way, I think, where even if you listen to their music, you kind of see them more as an actor. Or there are a lot of people that just get introduced to them through their movies, and it kind of works out that way. Cecil, why did you disagree with me about Debbie Harry? No, I think that uh, Debbie Harry's music as Blondie was a lot farther reaching than her acting was. I mean, I, like in the seventies. Yes. But I think today she's not making music anymore. More people know her from on all the TV shows she appears on than maybe hearing heart of glass on the radio. You know, I don't know. I think that uh, all the music and stuff that she's done, there are a lot like, like those songs are enormous and they're still enormous. So I think that uh, they they kind of are bigger. I mean, I don't. There are probably some people that maybe don't know that Debbie Harry and Blondie are the same person, or you know, the band. But you know what I'm talking about. Where's Dagwood? Right. <laughs> oh God. You know, there's very very small people that would get that nowadays. What about when you have real people that show up? And I'm not talking like reality TV stars, but like talk show hosts or newscasters or whatnot showing up in a movie. Does that add an air of realism to the movie or take away some of the reality of the newscaster like remember that nbc show from the early 2000s fathom not no not really no it it was one of the hey lost is really popular we need something like lost you know (laughs) it it was one of the movies that came in the wake of that it lasted for 13 episodes nbc is owned by universal which obviously owns you know nbc news and whatnot the sea levels are rising and sea monsters are coming up. And almost every episode had actual NBC or MSNBC news personalities playing themselves, broadcasting the news about the earth changing and giant monsters. Mm. Does that make it better or worse than when you go to watch the news and you're like, yeah, that guy was just talking about giant monsters on that TV show. Now I'm supposed to believe him about the Bosnian situation? Do you, do you, <laughs> mean, do you mean surface? Did I say Okay, Fathom was the comic book. Fathom's the comic book. Surface, yes. Okay, all right. The the uh, one with Lake Bell. The one with Lake Bell. Yeah, that was Surface. Yeah, yes, I I did watch. Yes, I did. Yeah, boy, we're all up. 
<laughs> yes, I did watch Surface. I actually really enjoyed Surface. So, so you know what I'm talking about when I, it yeah. was chocked full of actual NBC and MSNBC news personalities. Well, on the it. thing the thing was though that for like meant zero on me because I don't watch the news and I don't watch any of that junk. So they they had all these news people and I had no idea they until you said it now I had no idea. You, you didn't know they weren't actors, huh? I didn't know they weren't actors. I thought that they were just like, you know, cuz you you can get anybody to do a well, newscaster. No, even like that Land of the Lost rape film. You you had Matt Lauer as a main <laughs> character. That film was a rape to the show. That film you should have seen you should have seen all the uh, newscasters and whatnot. Pretty much the entire cast of the Today Show was in Sharknado too. Al Al Roker and and you know uh, all those other. Oh, do we got sharks coming in? Oh, geez. Not news, but so much like a talk show. Look at like Martin Downey Jr. You tell me. He was not fantastic in Predator 2. And he didn't steal Revenge of the Nerds 3 away from the actual nerds. <laughs> yeah, that guy, he was awesome. As uh, What did he play? Predator 2, he was Tony Pope. Tony Pope <laughs> on Hardcore. <laughs> and Body he was essentially crude. playing himself. You guys might yeah. be too young to remember the Morton Downey Jr. show from the late yeah. 80s. Hey, gang, getting a little bored with Opus and Johnny, huh? We'll try it. This time for Great. Shut up the I'll insult everything but your intelligence. He was basically playing Morton Downey Jr. in the future of 1997. <laughs> I I remember watching him because he had Guar and the uh, the mentors on. Uh, I was like, this is the greatest show on television. <laughs> Because nobody, nobody at the time knew what Guar and mentors he were. He also had an episode with Tony Timpone of Fangoria and Michael Berryman defending horror movies. I used to like it because he was like, you know, I, whether or not it was trumped up or not, like he was. It was. He, you, you watch any of the behind the scenes or read his book. It was all. It, it, it was tabloid television. I don't know. It just it seemed more genuine than the the tabloid crap that we have now. But uh, yeah, he would flip the hell out. I mean, he kind of screwed himself over with the whole carving a swastika into his forehead. <laughs> no, he drew, he, drew, he drew it on with magic marker, claiming he was attacked by neo Nazis. So shortly after Geraldo was attacked by neo Nazis on live television, he forgot that when he faked this, when he put the swastika on his face in the mirror, he did it, it would show up reversed. Mm -hmm. Oops. <laughs> career Today's gone after that but hey predator 2 and that was all after the fact so mm. or remember that tales from the crypt episode where he was playing the sleazy tv newsman in that haunted house one of yes. the scariest episodes of that show ever well morton downey jr i think is the only one i really know that was uh like a newscaster in trying like for the longest time i thought he was just some actor from from predator 2 and i always uh, i love that character because i is like cecil i don't really I tend to kind of ignore the news because I, I just don't I don't like watching it. I'm not fascinated by depressing events every day. So when when I see newscasters and movies, I I just figure that they're, they're they they either got them from some morning or late show or it's like an actor that they got to play a newscaster. It's uh it's not something that uh, that I really think about too much. Sometimes that can give the the movie extra gravitas that they didn't intend. 
There's a fake broadcast movie from 1984 called Countdown to Looking Glass. It's all done as a series of fake newscasts. This is at the height of the Cold War, and it's about tensions between America and the USSR leading to nuclear war and the eight days that lead up to this. And they had Newt Gingrich and Eric Severide and lots of actual American political figures and news figures playing themselves in a fake newscast. So if you missed the (laughs) beginning that said it was fake, that that lent an air of authenticity that made the mo- that made people think that this was a real newscast. So nice. sometimes that can work too well. When it comes to that and uh, having a disclaimer like that, that's really showing how uh, legitimate it, it can be if you're using a, a majority of the the cast being the the real newscasters and and stuff like. That. I think that's a it's definitely a good idea and is is awesome if the if the execution of it works. Uh, I haven't seen countdown to looking glass yet but uh, i'm definitely going to check it out the last five minutes are chilling i, I mean may, maybe more so to me because i grew up in that era and mm. you know i was nine when that sh- when that shit was going down you weren't born yet so you might not have the same you might not have the same it might not have the same impact on you that the cold war stuff when it's done that chillingly does to me i guess it makes it feel more realistic it's kind of it's i really don't have a because uh, I, I haven't seen it, so I, I don't know. I kind of just want to talk about Roddy Piper. But no, Roddy Piper feeds into like the, like the Blondie thing. Mm-hmm. He stopped being a wrestler for the longest time, and he was an actor. I, I know he's got one more movie that hasn't come out yet. Otherwise, the last thing he did before his death was playing himself in Saints Row 4. He became known far more for They Live, Hell Comes to Frogtown and whatnot yeah. than he did for wrestling. I mean, we, we've grown up with an entire generation now. C- kind of like like what Peter said about Henry Rollins. He's a musician. People are like, P- Roddy Piper was a wrestler? Yeah. They know him from the movies. Yeah, he's absolutely an, an action star uh, from movies like They Live and Hell Comes to Frogtown and like the random... Uh, direct-to-video stuff he did with, like, Billy Blanks. Like, Well, he really wishes people would forget about Immortal Kombat. <laughs> he well, he like, said that movie was hell to make, and it's hell to watch. It's, hilar- <laughs> it's hilarious, though. It is hilarious. <laughs> it, it's, it's really... It's so bad. On Monster Vision, Joe Bob Briggs actually had a contest that the winner would get to pick one movie that they show constantly to never show again. Overwhelmingly, people picked Immortal Kombat. <laughs> They're like, please stop showing this movie every two months. <laughs> but yeah, Roddy, Roddy Piper. Roddy Piper as an actor really is like, uh, to me, it's sort of the same thing with what I said about James Dean, where it almost seems like his his personality and the presence he brings are a lot bigger than what he's actually doing. Like Roddy Piper was a great wrestler. He was a very awesome ring technician, great on the mic, but he has a presence that to me is more that of an actor. He's a perfect action hero. He's a great uh, everyman kind of character. Uh, and he's honestly, I think he's a really talented, underrated actor. Like uh, he was, I, I thought his episodes on Always Sunny in Philadelphia as the maniac were just just so hilarious and so funny. Like his, his comedic timing is, uh, I would call it brilliant. And at the same time, He's got that great physical presence. Like to me, he's on he's easily on tier with uh, with guys like Arnold. Like it's the same level. Do you know that he once beat up Morton Downey Jr.? (laughs) 
Really? No, it, it, it was a whole Piper's Pit thing at one of the WrestleManias. Morton Downey yeah. Jr. was himself, and they got into a thing, and he beat him up. I'm not joking. That was with the uh, the fire extinguisher when uh, Morton Downey Jr. kept uh, blowing smoke in his face. Yes. So to, to tie those back together. <laughs> and he hit, uh, hit Cindy Lauper in the back of the head with a painting or something. Someone like Rowdy Roddy Piper, do you think it's right that that the the people coming up today are only going to know him from the movies? Or is that arguably the better legacy than being a wrestler? I, I, see, I'm one of those people that don't think that there's anything particularly wrong with the whole wrestling thing. I grew up with a lot of the, the old guard of the WWF. Uh, you know, with I Hulk saw Hogan no Holtz Bard. And, and yes, you chuck <laughs> ass. <laughs> I smell dookie! Dookie! <laughs> and, you know, Hulk Hogan, the Iron Sheik and all that. So... I, I don't have any any problem with them uh, transitioning over from wrestling to acting because basically a lot of wrestling is acting anyway. Uh, I guess I think more what's more important is that people know who Roddy Piper is because Roddy Piper is amazing. And yeah. uh, like Peter said, uh, he just is one of those guys who he just had a certain charisma about him. You just naturally liked the guy. Yeah, whether or not you knew him from acting, whether you knew him from movies or whatever, from wrestling, you just would see him and you'd be like, holy crap, this guy was made to be an entertainer. And so as long as people know him from something, I think that's the most important thing. What about one of the stranger? Now, these tend to be cameos, but sometimes it, it's more when an author makes the leap to being not like not writing an episode of a TV show or a movie, but being on camera. For instance, like when Stephen King was on Sons of Anarchy, when when William Gibson was on Wild Palms as as William Gibson, Stephen King was playing, uh, I think, the brilliantly in jokeish Bachman, <laughs> yeah. which you know works. That, see that that's fine if you don't get it. If you get the joke, it works on two levels though. And then there there are others like Back to School. Kurt Vonnegut plays himself in a very self-deprecating role, and you know when you've got an author that appears in in a film i mean alan moore has been in films there's been certain comic book authors that have that have appeared on camera hell stan lee in all of the marvel movies is it weird when the when an author appears on camera is that a, is that an equally strange non-actor transition well i mean i, I thought you would have mentioned stephen king and creep show because uh <laughs> he had he had a much larger part in that than uh, in in well, most because we, we talked about that when we did the creep show retrospectives right but you know what, what was the goddamn or what meteor shit that's it meteor <laughs> shit <laughs> no not there <laughs> that was yeah <laughs> he was actually really good in that he played he a good was. Like, he played a good hick He's also really good in the Maximum Overdrive commercial. Oh, oh yeah. The, are you scare the hell out of you. Are you talking about that one where he's so high? Hi. My name is Stephen King. I've written several motion pictures, but I want to tell you about a movie called Maximum Overdrive, which is the first one I've directed. Wow. <laughs> A lot of people have directed Stephen King novels and stories. And I finally decided if you want something done right, you ought to do it yourself. 
And who was driving it? I don't know. It was my first picture as a director, and you know something? I sort of enjoyed it. I don't know! I just wanted someone to do Stephen King right. You want a war? You got one. I just want to get the hell out of here. So come and spend some time with me and my friends at the Dixie Boy. Spend some time in the dark. Please don't let us be in the dark. I'm gonna scare the hell out of you. And that's a promise. You're gonna get us in an awful lot of trouble, man. We already in trouble. Maximum terror. Jesus coming in here. Maximum king. Maybe tomorrow will be our world again. Dino De Laurentiis presents Stephen King's Maximum Overdrive. I mean, they yep. do the close-up on his eyes, and you can see he's f***ing gone. Yep. <laughs> he's so coked out of his damn mind in that ad. Oh, my God. I love that so much. I, I love that trailer more than the movie. This machine just called me an asshole. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's in the movie too. The first like yeah, five asshole. minutes. Well, he's in a whole bunch of his movies, you know, Alfred yeah. Hitchcock style with the the mm-hmm. little pointless cameos. He usually has like one or two lines, and yeah, yeah. But uh, Creepshow is probably the the biggest of all of the. Well, I mean, it wasn't a Stephen King movie. It was a you know. Uh, but he was he, he he was in a lot of that Sons of Anarchy episode where he played Bachman. If if they can oh. act, sure, why not? You know, it's. It's uh, it's no different than uh, any other kind of artist who's getting in front of the camera. The majority of um, authors, though, uh, that I've seen usually are just popping in as cameos. You know, they're they're sitting at a lunch counter having a sandwich or they're they're reading their own book in in the background somewhere or something, you know. Uh, But most of the time uh, that is probably, I would say, the rarest of them all is when you have an author that actually will transition and become an actor. Well, we were talking about uh, Stephen King and uh, stuff he's done in front of the camera. Very, very entertaining. I think the, the, the guys, uh, whether it's the cocaine or what, but he's, he's got kind of a goofy presence to him that I think works uh, quite well. Uh, then you have, I mean, Quentin Tarantino, I guess, is, is more on the filmmaking side, but I mean, he obviously likes to inject himself into his movies and showed in in stuff like Reservoir Dogs that he's actually not not really a bad actor. Yeah, but so then I, he but then he showed in Little Nicky. Yes, he is. <laughs> Some of them, uh, as, as Cecil said, if if they can, uh, I mean, not necessarily even if they're good actors, but maybe just if they're you know have an entertaining sort of personality and presence uh it, it can it can really work but a lot of the time yeah it's just kind of stuff like stan lee showing up as uh as like a little cameo and i, I think e- either way it's, it's uh, sort honestly of... with stan lee i thought he was really good in Mallrats as stan lee i mean oh, yes he's was... essentially playing himself but he had a long extended scene <laughs> and he was good he was your, really your, good your friend your friend is really uh obsessed with uh, superhero genitalia but i i just think it's you know, like when you see Neil Gaiman or Frank, remember Frank Miller in RoboCop 2 mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as Frank the Chemist? He was actually pretty decent in that tiny little role. So I think non-actors 
can do the job. They also can be really bad. I have mm. seen some, especially usually sports figures, they'll have a cameo in a movie, and you go, wow. They <laughs> they really just wanted to be able to put their name in the credits, didn't they? Because this guy's bad. I mean, hell, <laughs> the WWE has a filmmaking division of their goddamn franchise, where the whole and thing is about making movies to star WWE. Hell, we talked about it on the Poltergeist retrospective. The fourth season of Poltergeist The Legacy was a full-on crossover with the WWE to have them uh-huh. all playing escape villains from hell. Star Trek Voyager had a whole season where almost all of the villains were played by WWE because UPN had them both. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It really it really does depend. There there's that, you know, that handful of dudes like like The Rock, Roddy Piper, Hogan, Rock, Roddy Piper did really good. I mean, they just kind of went off on their own and decided to do movies and now they're like well we can just manufacture them oh no you can't absolutely not some sometimes it works with uh football players and and wrestlers like goldberg i was a football player didn't work but then you've also got guys like uh like bosworth and lyle elzado who are awesome and i I, rosie greer rosie greer was actually mm -hmm. pretty good yeah like it really depends sometimes it's 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 not so much O.J. Oh, yeah, Simpson. Hey, <laughs> or, or good God, Brett Favre is so bad, and there's something about Mary. Oh, it's, man. It, okay, I know it's a comedy, but his acting is so laughable on a level where you go, I don't think that was what they intended. <laughs> yeah, sometimes uh, it works and sometimes it doesn't. I think it's really just when there's a, a standout uh, individual who's just kind of kind of different. He's, he's cut from a different cloth than... Uh, it's sort of where you have an athlete who's really good at football, really good at wrestling or whatever, or, or really good musician, but they've also got this vibe where, hey, he, he could have been, he easily could have been an actor too. And uh, whereas some of them, or I'd say actually most of them are really just, yeah, you're just an athlete. Keep, keep your fucking mouth shut, please. Oh, and I, and I got to mention it just before, while we're still on the, on the topic of athletes that are like Terry Crews, is easily one of the best examples of like oh, oh he's he's, he's the awesome. only reason he's the only reason everybody hates Chris was watchable. Yeah, he is amazing and so underutilized. He could easily be mm-hmm. like an an action or a comedy star. Like he's so goddamn good. He he's... almost makes me want to use Old Spice. <laughs> <laughs> He's another one who just has this amazing like charisma. He just mm. is so goddamn likable. Like yeah. everything I've seen him in, you how can you not love him? Like yeah. oh, him dude, his part in White Girls is the only <laughs> reason to watch that pile of crap movie. President Camacho. Yeah, in, Mountain uh, Dew Camacho, show respect. Oh, hold on. Idioc- in idiocracy. Uh, yes. In, in idiocracy. I was I'm looking for his his full name. Oh, here we go. President Dwayne Elzondo, Mountain Dew, Herbert Camacho. Yeah. Oh, come on. Not sure. Get up here wherever you is. But it, it has electro. But it has electrolytes. What plants crave? It's what plants crave. <laughs> you want us to put toilet water on our plants? So we should like drink. You mean from the toilet? Why aren't we? We, we should actually be quoting Terry Crews here. Your head looks like a peanut. Let's get you spawn in. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people where can people find Potor the Rotor? Uh, you can find me Potor Rotoring my my ass off on uh, YouTube. 
the Cinemasochist on Twitter, Ed Cinematica on Facebook, The Cinemasochist, and on 1201beyond.com, just pumping you full of uh, electrolytes in the form of of uh, reviews of, of exploitation and stuff. It's 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 what plants crave, and it's what you crave. And Cecil is probably the not actorist of, you know, the most not actor of all of us. But where can people find you? Yeah, I will be not acting uh, over at uh, escapistmagazine.com, uh, goodbadflicks.com, geekjuicemedia.com, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, life stuff. Yes. <laughs> Well, and see, I'm over at 1201beyond.com, where I'm acting like I know what the hell I'm doing, which I really don't. You can contact this show at 1201beyond at gmail.com. And guys, go to go to the website, buy some t-shirts, click on some ads. Adamandeve.com, use the promo code DROME, get something to stick up your butt or something for you to stick up somebody else's butt or whatnot. Just because someone doesn't start out as an actor doesn't mean that they're not going to steal the damn movie from you. This is what you want, this is what you get. This is what you want, this is what you get. This is what you want, this is what you get. This is what you want, this is what you get. This is what you want, this is what you get. This is what you want, this is what you get.
Radio Drone is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.